Hey, Tara. Hey, Johnny. Hey, everyone. You are in the Hollywood caucus. What's going they're on, They're in the Hollywood caucus? Well, kind of. If they're listening, they're kind of in. They're not out. No, they're not. I'm out. Are you? Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> uh, what's going on? I don't know. The elections got me all verklempt. I, I, verklempt, right? Is that what they say? Verklempt? Verklempt? Verklempt. Verklempt. I feel, yeah, like fucked, but verklempt as well. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I feel like the Democrats are a mess right now. You, you know? think? I do think. Yeah. <laughs> We're like running like chickens with our heads cut off trying to figure out what is the right formula to defeat Trump. Which I don't think anyone can claim they know, because if they did, they'd be a billionaire. And it's just weird to me that, you know, we had Iowa and New Hampshire, and you had three definitive winners of that early mm-hmm. test, right? Um, definitely Sanders, definitely Buttigieg, uh, who came in first and second, respectively, in those caucuses, and uh, Amy Klobuchar. Mm-hmm. So I thought traditionally what happens is when you win those two, all the media and all the press sort of focus on that no they're focusing on bloomberg who is not who has yet, yet. Yeah, who has not campaigned he's just done like an ad an ad buy that was ridiculously high and having a huge effect and so now all these nervous democrats in dc are like going yeah yeah the caucus in new hampshire which we all believe would solidify the race yeah that now didn't they're happen. like no they're like oh no we need someone new so I, i'm a little like oh god and I understand. Well, you know. uh, here's my feeling. I think um, that's all fine. Get your shit together real quick. Yeah. Real quick. Because I'm sensing this kind of uh, we're on quicksand right now and nobody can get a footing. And I don't even think the candidates know what it, – it's just and, bizarre. And the worst imaginable Sorry. thing, which the media is sort of I salivating – I love, I love getting hit. I know you do. Uh, the media is salivating at the notion of a broker convention, which I think will be an absolute disaster for us, meaning that if – I was just going to say, what is a broker convention? Well, like, let's say Bernie gets the majority of the, the delegates, right. right? And we get to the convention, but they're not enough. He hasn't reached the threshold. Let's say he's 300 shy or something. Okay. The idea of a broker convention is that they then vote on the floor who they want to elect. So they basically throw out the people's choice and the party insiders decide. And I think, you know, if we were living in an age of no Twitter or, or, right. or social media, these things could happen without it being a big deal. But I think it would destroy the party. So I'm a little nervous. I can understand why. And you know what a really good anecdote to that is? Our guest? Yep. Yeah, she is. Uh, I just feel good every time I'm around her, you know? I've I've only been around her a few minutes, and I already feel good. I know. It could also be the massive amount of cocaine I did before the <laughs> show. No, that is not true, people. It's not the 90s. Um, God, I miss the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, anyway. Talk our, about her a little bit. I, You know, I have had the pleasure of working with her this past um, year on, on Picard, and... She is not only a great actor, she's that kind of person on set that everyone turns to as a paternal, maternal figure, you know, a parental figure. Right. She just has that vibe about her, you know. She's just a very caring, smart, grounded mm-hmm. woman. And uh, and you get that the minute you meet I her. I know. It's, this is, it, it, you know, a lot of times you meet somebody and you're like, oh, they're putting that on. No, it's 100% She is so real. authentic. Mm-hmm. And fabulous and gorgeous and 
Ew. And I can't wait to talk to her. So let's- I don't want to talk to her now. <laughs> <laughs> let's take a break. And when we come back, we will be talking to the, um, no, I was told to stop saying that word. I, why do I say amazing all the time? Because you have amazing taste. Now. By the way, what Kyle gets on me up for that. When we were watching the Oscars and the people's interview or the, their speeches, they all said that fucking word over and over again. And I think it's overused too. But this woman is amazing. I know. She's remarkable. And when we come back... Michelle Hurd will be joining us. We're back. Oh my God. Yes, we are. We are back. Oh my God. Cut back uh, on the guys. Sleepy Time edibles, dude. <laughs> Tara, are we being sponsored by a dispensary? Because you I have wish. been acting like a high bitch. I wish. We are back, Johnny. We are. And you know, um, this next guest, I. I can't even tell you when I walked into my last job and seeing her at the table read, I was so relieved because <laughs> it was a big, scary job. And I had met her before in a very vulnerable position at, at a SAG meeting. And uh, we just bonded. And so it was just wonderful to have her on the show. And I'm so excited to talk to her now. I am to meet too. Her. So please welcome Michelle Hurd. Hey. Hi, guys. How you guys doing? So you know. good. How are you? Hi, honey. I'm good. It's great to be what? in the room with you. Oh, my God. What a Always. journey, huh? What a fucking journey. Yeah. yeah. I know. No, you could say fuck. Okay, yeah, good. Because you know I'm a New Yorker. So yeah, I know. Fuck this. Fuck, fuck that. Fuck that shit. You guys, please. <laughs> this is a Christian. Tara's Copy a nun. that. You are a okay. nun. I love your habit. She's wearing black. <laughs> it is fabulous. Oh, fuck you both. Go on. <laughs> well, like Tara and I, you've been in the biz for a while, mm-hmm. and- it is so joyful to see, okay, how crazy is it mm. to been an actor all this time and to get to this place? I, this is like your biggest job, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so, for sure. Just because it's like being seen around the world at the same time. Exactly. We're talking about Star Trek Picard. Yes, we are. What a joy for yeah. actors to hear this, that, that you can, after many years of being in the industry, get yeah. to have this experience. Like, you're on subways. I like, know. your face... In like, you know, across the world. We've across been in New York the world, but in your hometown. In, in my hometown, in Union and Square, in New York. taking pictures with I know, I image. love it. You know, it is it is quite amazing. And, you know, I, I can say that I've been doing this for almost three decades. Yeah. And um, I was thinking about, you know, the sort of, uh, you know, craziness and this this huge sort of gift that I've gotten. And truthfully, I'm, I'm really appreciative and thankful that it happened at this moment in time. Yeah. I'm so grateful. I'm soaking everything in. I also feel like the um, the work that I've done, that I've been doing for the last 30 years, has led me to this place. I'm so calm. I'm so ready to be standing toe-to-toe with Sir Patrick Stewart to yes, be able to... Are. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's, a little... this, he's this Brit guy. I think he's going to do well. You think he's going to make it? I do, I do. Johnny and I were talking on the phone yesterday about you oh behind my. your back. Well, it happens. It's called pre-production meeting. Oh, I see. <laughs> oh, it's not gossip. Copy that. Copy. Okay, we call it pre-production. Gossip. Pre-production <laughs> with um, air quotes. But we were talking, and I think it is so incredible and so wonderful to hear a story like yours, mm. where you have been a journeyman actor. Completely and journeyman actor. Doing guest stars That's and right. doing recurrings mm-hmm. and doing all of... I love this, and I love to hear that you are just digging it, because 100%. you have worked all this time for this moment. That's right. Since I graduated from college, I mean, I've d- been doing nothing but... You know, hitting the pavement. I started mm-hmm. doing stage work because I'm a New Yorker. And uh, while I was doing theater, and I, I felt like I was doing no theater, you know, anonymous at one point, I'd be mm-hmm. like, sure, I'll do it. Shit, God damn it. I said yes again. <laughs> oh, um, all been there, honey. Oh, my yeah. God. 
So I had to do, you know, I started doing commercial work because I'm a terrible waiter, honestly. I actually did <laughs> so one am day, I. Oh my God, I did one day of um, temp work you uh-huh. know, as, a, as a receptionist. <laughs> one day, and the agency that I worked at called the agency that was sending me out and said, do not ever send her out again. She doesn't know what so she's doing. Proud of you. Oh my God. So I knew I had to do whatever I was going to do to earn money had to be in the arts because yeah. that's what I do. And so I started doing all my commercial work. And I have to say, and I ho- you know, I want this to go out there to, you know, actors who um, feel that they're just sort of, you know, being the um, spear carrier, so mm-hmm. to speak. I have been a journeyman actor my almost my entire career. Um, I, I know how to, you know, spew exposition like the like a, the a trooper. The story mover along, or Absolutely. What I, call it. I vet the room, right? right? Mm-hmm. You know, you come in there, you have to give the piece of paper to the lead so that the story continues. But I will say that I have always entered every single job, whether it was a guest, a day, player, a recurring, a contract player, in the exact same way. Mm-hmm. I love and respect what we do. Mm-hmm. It's not a hobby. It's not some part-time thing. It's a, prof- a professional job that I have um, curated a body of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I enter into every situation the exact same way with um, respect, appreciation, um, hunger, mm-hmm. you know, trying to be brave. And um, you know, it has led me to a place where I have been given, or I got, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, one of the best vetted out uh, layered, complex, uh, perfectly imperfect characters I've ever had the opportunity to bring to life. And mm. um, I thank Michael Chabon for that. Talk about Rafi. Rafi's amazing, you know, and I, I think she's, um, as I said, she's perfectly imperfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's a really important story to tell um, because it's really pertinent right now. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been pertinent for a period of time. She has... She's haunted by decisions and choices that she's made in the past. And because of that, she has vices that she has to lean on. Um, and I think it's really important for us to talk about and explore a- addiction. Like Tara. Like Tara. <gasps> if we could, this is actually an intervention. <laughs> and could you all, everybody come in now. Um, but because it's, you know, we have, everybody has people in their lives that have some kind of addic- addiction. Um, it could be, you know, just working out too much or whatever. But like the thing, Johnny. Like Johnny, for example. It's another intervention. Yeah. Um, <laughs> come on in, everyone. Um, but the thing that I w- really wanted to reveal with Rafi, and I think with everybody you know who has experienced addiction in their life, um, those people are still incredibly valuable to society. Mm-hmm. They really have something to offer, and uh, you know, there's this sort of concept of you know how we portray it on TV or movies that you have an addict and they're like you know um, nodding out like on heroin or whatever, or an alcoholic who's driving you know DUIs, and you know you push them aside, and I. And I understand that, you know, there's that moment where you have to sort of put your, you know, turn your back on somebody who's um, still in the throes of it. But people are still valuable to society and they have things to offer. And there are people who are addicted like Rafi, who are addicted so that they can get up in the morning, yeah, so that they can greet the day, so that they can try to take one step after another. And I wanted that, this experience, which we all have, you know, in some part of our lives have experienced um, to bring her, you know, to life on this show where all the Federation people are generally so put together and so straight laced and, you know, so um, confident. And uh, I wanted to show a strong, intelligent, um, passionate, vulnerable uh, human who happens to be a woman. Yeah. Yeah. And that's incredible. And you're doing such a beautiful job with it. So, would you say that the character is a functioning alcoholic or addict? 
Mm-hmm. Um, Addict, yeah. Because I was kind of thinking about that. That's kind of never been done on TV. Mm, Definitely not in space. We have exactly what you were talking about, which is watching the person not out or right. all of the and the ter- the heartbreak of we've got to send them away or right. we have to you know turn our back on them but the functioning alcoholic mm-hmm. which we also all know who mm-hmm. is really good at their job and are you looking up, at me when you're saying that no just, i was just, in just i was in the vicinity right yeah wow he's paranoid <laughs> paranoid well, I, got the fla- I got the flask i was you, just saying you may want be wondering what water? i'm drinking. i'm not wondering <laughs> i know exactly what it is um and it's in mine too <laughs> <laughs> Michelle's only drinking water. <laughs> um, that's fascinating. Yeah. And there is, that's, you must be having a blast playing it. It's great. It's great because, I mean, you know, we're not perfect. Nobody's right. perfect. We well, all, well, I mean, you are. Sorry. Thank that's, you. This is the truth. <laughs> we all sort of tumble down from you. <laughs> um, but that, you know, th- to be able to, to portray those truths, it's mm-hmm. it's a truth. You know, I it's funny because I've you know as we you know I you know I'm, I'm a Dick Wolf kid. I started with uh, Law and Order SVU, and I've done like five shows with him, and I play cops and lawyers. Five and, shows you did with him? Yeah, that's isn't that crazy. Show Fantastic. off. I know, right? It's crazy. Um, New York Undercover, um, uh, Law and Order proper, Law and Order SVU, The Players, um, New York, and um, uh, and what was the one with uh, Mary Tyler Moore? Oh, oh wait, what? New York News. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah so yeah. I'm 100. Um, <laughs> no, that's she's okay. 150. Oh, well, there you no, go. I'm 149. That's right. We did that's the math. Right. That's yeah. right. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, I think in those worlds, I kept thinking, you know, this is how you push an agenda. This is how you tell those true stories. And yeah. you're strong and you're you're confident. And, I mean, I used to joke with my agents if there was a part um, and I had, you know, was either wearing heels or carrying a gun. I chose the gun every time because mm-hmm. I wanted to be that person, the one in charge, the right. one, you know, to convey a strong woman. I'm a woman of color. I wanted to mm-hmm. give that image to um, young kids who I didn't have that image you know um, but when you get to this you, you have this sort of um, this beautiful gift of a real vetted character of somebody that you can relate to that is that is uh, vulnerable and strong mm-hmm. that is tenacious and um, scared that is you know um, uh, loving and 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 um, vindicted mm-hmm. you know it's 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 so fulfilling, you know, and I feel like I'm I am carrying a mantle that I really want to uh, do as you know as much honor as I can to because it's important. It's important for us to, you know, talk about these sort of issues and to realize that they're these people are part of our community. They're not only part of our community; they're our neighbors or they're in our house. Mm-hmm. Well, but yeah, you know, they're they're family members. they're family members, and it's not shameful. It's not something to be embarrassed about or to lie about. It's something to actually talk about and to welcome in, and then maybe even we can discuss why the person is tumbling into an addictive you know, behavior in the first place because she's got a reason, mm-hmm. you know, and we could say good or bad reasons, whether they're, you know, this is warranted or not, but every person's reason is true to them. And it's, you know, it's part of their core. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, to jump into something like that, especially after playing things that are just sort of semi-perfect. Uh, it's well, so the work freeing. part is insanely enjoyable. I Fulfilling. Uh, then there's that other piece of it, which is, uh, you know, we as actors aren't mm. always recognized mm-hmm. in terms of like, uh, the general public scene our work you know right. the show's being watched simultaneously across the world your character has that. been introduced in comic books your your pre-story comic books yeah. you're the first one who sent me I that did, I sent you that, that I'm like so that's gonna awesome. blow her mind you did I was with my nephews I was like oh my god I'm in a comic book and how many shows even before they drop you, you did the world tour you went to Brazil mm. and Europe and 
the fans already loving on you mm. before they've seen one stitch, right? Just the preview. It's crazy. Um, that's a joy too, like to get that kind of love it's for amazing. our work. It's yeah. amazing, Jonathan. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't even. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. They're so the you know Star Trek fans are so generous, so loving, so kind, so welcoming. I mean, I've I've uh, felt embraced, mm-hmm. and um, I'm so excited. I don't even know what to expect, and I'm expect I'm so it all because you're gonna all. get it all. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a trippy thing, you know. Yeah. It's like you, you have access to meeting the most extraordinary people mm. on every level of life. You know, mm. just extraordinary individuals. You know, a lot of times, like there'll be like a kid in a wheelchair that'll mm. come up, and you just forget how what an impact science fiction right. has on people with disabilities That's you know right. or you'll meet someone who works at nasa and it'll be like come come watch the rockets take oh off my like, i've done that oh because my goodness of meeting people at conventions so crazy did you really Oh yeah! Oh, that's so. Cool. I mean, I didn't see a rocket, but I did go into the control booth and all I that. I so. love that. You I know, know, I would be like, "Can I push these buttons?" I know. No, push, like, the buttons. push the buttons. <laughs> don't push the buttons. Don't push the buttons. <laughs> well, on this joyful note, we're going to take a little break and come back and talk. Why some don't more. we let Michelle push the button? I so just we go to a break. Oh okay, gosh. push the button, Michelle, the button. and we're out. <laughs> I fucking love you so much. I can't stand it. We're back with the astonishing Michelle Hurd. Hi, Michelle. Hi, honey. How are you? I'm good. Good. I want to talk to you about legacy. Yes. Because it's a word that gets tossed around a lot. And Mm. you have quite a legacy with your dad uh, Mm. being, by the way, named Hugh. I know. I know. You're meant to meet. I'm just saying. I love that. My father, Um, Hugh Hurd. I know. Mm -hmm. Hugh Hurd. I love, and you and Tara have that in common. You both uh, have parents that were, well, you're a part of an acting legacy. You're Mm. both come from families that are in the indi- in, in the business. Yes. So, uh <laughs> and yet we're still kind of normal, <laughs> which is kind of kind of normal. Kind yeah, of. Kind but, of is the key. But um, your dad's legacy though went I'm, beyond I'm, acting. I became yeah. doing research about you. Mm. I became obsessed with your father. Oh, thank mm-hmm. you. What an extraordinary man. Yep. Um Yep. Talk about him. Uh, yeah. My father. Uh, my father. Uh he was a, a beautiful um huge teddy bear uh, of a man you know I grew up in West West Beth Artist Housing in Greenwich Village I'm born and raised in Greenwich Village New York and um, my sisters and I we could walk down that street and literally people would stop us and tell us of events that we've done because my father would stop them and tell them about the events okay you're gonna make me cry because I miss my dad now too that's so true right it does never end and um, I mean when I think about my father at the age of 18, um, you know, one of the, in a black battalion, one of the few black battalions that, were, that was fighting in World War II, and right at the end of the war, and that he was one of the liberators at Dachau. I didn't and, know um, this part. Yeah, this is a crazy story. I mean, it's a beautiful story. He, um, with his battalion, his black battalion, they came through the gates, and um, this is right when they, you know, basically the Nazis were told that we, they lost the war, and so they started... You know, they killed a bunch of their prisoners because they right. didn't want to have to be accountable. Um, so he walked through the gates and he said that there were bonfires of bodies. Oh. Um, and the silence and the smell yeah. was deafening. And as they, you know, walked through to clear the space, um, he said out of the, um, he, he said it, sound, it felt like out of the woodwork, arms and hands oh. and fingers started coming out. And these were prisoners who were skeletal. And they started saying... Black angels, oh. black angels, oh my God. because it was a black battalion. They knew that they were safe. They knew they weren't Nazis. And wow. cut to um, decades later, 
my dad's in New York, and he's on the bus, and he's sitting there, and um, you know, we New Yorkers, we we don't, you know, you don't look at each right. other, <laughs> and he sort of felt this guy looking at him. And he's just looking at him, keeps looking at him. My dad's like getting uncomfortable. He's like, what's going on with this man, this older man? He's looking at me. And my father's like, okay, I got, I got to get off the bus because I don't know what's going on. So he gets up to get to leave and the person stretches his hands out, touches my dad and says, black angel. Oh, my God. So, uh, you know, that was my dad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> at 18, we need to take right? a break. <laughs> <laughs> we need a tissue break I know, now because right? I am. Michelle, I didn't mean to tell it. Just Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> That's oh, a gorgeous story yeah. that, that should you. really be continued. Yeah. Are coming. That's um, and and nothing. by the way, you know, it yeah. doesn't even end there because he was part of the um, Freedom uh, Matinee for Freedom with my godfather Godfrey Cambridge, who's an actor back in the day, yeah. black man, um, and Maya Angelou, and uh, just a few famous uh -huh. people. And they would <laughs> they created a cabaret a Matinee for Freedom a cabaret where they got a bunch of um, artists who are mostly people of color to raise money for Dr. King. And what was amazing is that in that production, my dad and my Angelou sang together. So it wasn't even that she was doing poetry, yeah. And uh, she, he's in, even in the book, one of her books, I think she says, uh, and Hugh Heard, my dear friend, was the color of coconut and seemed just as hard to crack. Oh, my gosh. Um, he was part of John Cassavetti's uh, original acting troupe, um, Shadows, that John Cassavetti's right. very first film. Um, my father is then the leads in it. He plays Hugh. <laughs> mm. um, he's also the, um, the man, the black man, at the uh, dinner table at Women Under the Influence who sings opera. Mm. So this, um, yeah, my dad, uh, my dad was an incredible creature. Um, he taught me how to love. He taught me how to uh, appreciate the arts. And he taught me how to really stand up for being a person of color and that to always represent yourself in a um, truthful and honest way. God, he would be thrilled seeing you. I was just going to say, he'd be super proud of you. Yeah. He was a huge Star Trek fan. Oh, as you can imagine. That's right. You oh used to God. watch it when oh. you were kids. When yeah. I got this job, I had a flashback of us, the family in the living room watching Star Trek because my father, being the you know activist that he is, he was, um, wanted to make sure that his three girls saw themselves represented on television. And so you know there was not a lot of shows that no. we would all sit together and watch. Star Trek was one of them. I mean, the fact that they had a first interracial kiss on television. Mm -hmm. You know, my mom's white, my dad's black, and we had a black woman and a white man kiss on television. The first time we ever saw that, you know, as as a as a kid. You know, it's it it doesn't it has a profound impact on you. Um, and my sister Denise, my eldest sister Denise, is a huge Trekkie fan. So she, he and my my uh, my sister would just watch it continuously. So. Um, I know he's really proud of me and oh, he's yeah. ecstatic right oh, now. God, and yeah. So, yeah. Um, we also need to talk about the fact that your father was in his activism responsible for the, the group. Were they called, what were they called? They were called CORE, were they not? Yes, yeah. So they went to Daryl Zanuck and basically got non, a non discrimination, uh, it, it, and CBS and, and NBC. Yeah. And this was unheard of at the time it was and you know what's the other side of that you know my dad did all this you know all this activism work and um and he was blacklisted you know he ended up not being able to work for years um because of all this work even when he raised money for um dr king to to walk and and do the million man march he had repercussions because of that i mean it's and and still my father persevered mm -hmm. <laughs> he persisted wow. you know because um i i think about this 
like the time that we're living in right now, you know, and it's very, you know, tumultuous and, you know, you're kind Mm -hmm. of like, how the fuck are we going to get through this? What is happening? And then I think back to my parents and, you know, they, when they got married, there were many states, which there still are now, um, that wouldn't acknowledge it, that would find it illegal. You know, black, you know, black man, white woman. My mother's from Blackwell, Oklahoma. You know, she's German Irish. She's she could not be more white. And she knew like in high school, she was like, yeah, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. I need Mm -hmm. to, you know, go east. Um, But I, I think about there during that time period, Dr. King got assassinated. Malcolm X got assassinated. Bobby, Robert, people were killed. The sky was falling. Mm. And yet they persisted. They because marched. They, they did all. They marched. They, did they all sat the at the counters. Yes. They, they risked married, their lives. They risked their lives. People said to my mother, "Well, at least just don't have children, because what will you do oh if you have God. children?" Yeah. My mother said to a woman, "She's like, I was planning on eating them. What the fuck do you think we're going to do? Mm-hmm. We're going to rear, you know, raise them with love." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So my father, you know, he lived a a, a courageous life. Um, I feel that on his. Um, on his deathbed, you know, I don't know if he realized how much he had done. Mm. You could see that he still had regrets because he wanted to push the, you know, push it forward more. Um, but honestly, uh, you know, in this moment, I can say to him that he did more than he realizes. And uh, I will continue that torch. Yeah, you will. Yeah, you yeah. will. You have. Yeah. Um you know, I was talking to someone not too long ago about people who uh, I said there is no more Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Mm. But even on uh, talk, you talking about your passion about SAG and taking a break and going back in because yeah. you had to, because mm. you wanted to. Th- those are the kind of people that I want on boards yeah. and stuff oh, like that. Yeah. And in our government. Yes. yes. People who really give a shit. That's right. And uh, who can't walk away. That's it. That's right. Um, you are my American Idol. <laughs> I swear to God. And I'm running for president. <laughs> I wish. Not yet. I no. wish. No. <laughs> okay, so we're going to take a little break now and come back and talk yeah. some more uh, and hopefully not keep crying. <laughs> oh my no, God. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy. We'll be back with Michelle. <laughs> keep pointing at each other. You That's take right. it. No, you, you take it. it. You take it. <laughs> You know Michelle's just shook me, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I've been shook. I've been shook. I shook myself. Oh, I know. My God. It's beautiful. We're all shook. Thank you for sharing that about your <laughs> yeah. dad. It's mm. great, great, great stuff. Um, let's talk about Time's Up, just because yeah. we haven't had enough tears. <laughs> sure. You're a funny, founding just... member. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that come about? I know you you helped pass law in New York. Yeah, which we, is we changed exciting. law. We changed legislation. We got uh, rape two and three. To uh, you know, there was no, um, there was like I think it was a two, two or three year statute of limitation, and we've now we tried to get none, but uh, we've moved it to ten, fifteen, respectively. Um, you know, we're making change, and and uh, Times Up is a a really great organization. It's interesting because it was, um, you know, it was brought to um, the public through the platform of artists, right? We got a lot of very you know a list actors to get together to make this, you know, to give this a voice and a platform. Um, but Time's Up is not just about actors. It's it's a legal defense fund and for 
people, everyone. everyone who is being abused. Um, we had a, uh, we've had many meetings and many gatherings. And I remember this one where we, I think it was called the listening, mm-hmm. listening tour, a listening room or something. And we had people from all different vocations and we sort of broke up into little groups and, and we just heard what everybody's um, situation was and what they were going through. It'll, cur- it'll curl your hair. I mean, yeah. it will curl yeah. it more than yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. To hear, you know, um, restaurant workers, to hear uh, hospitality people, like, you know, room service people. Um, we had Olympic uh, athletes. Sure. Uh, s- female sport- sports anchors. Um, I mean, every uh, lawyers. We had every single pe- person in different vocations talk about how they have been abused, how they'd been you know, sexually, sexually harassed and molested. And um, I mean, there was a woman who was taking care. Um, she was a, a nurse that would go stay in the house to take care of an elderly woman. And that elderly woman's husband was abusing her and literally, you know, said, if I if you say anything, I will say report you to the company that sent you here and say that you're stealing from her wow you know just and these people are crying out for help and i you know as you can imagine i just um you know me and injustice i just uh mm-hmm. you're not, you're not no, pals. Uh-uh, not pals and i'm not gentle with mm-hmm. it i i cannot stomach injustice and i have a really loud voice and a big temper and whatever i can do to help people who um, feel that they're not being heard or seen i'll do and um that's why i'm part of time's up and i'm proud of it it's great. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it, it's so weird this world we're living in. It, it's because from Washington on down, right? Mm-hmm. This behavior is fine. Is acceptable. Mm-hmm. It's it's it, in fact that's the the you know I mean you think about like SAG. So you know go back to the acting world. SAG the union has only been around for seventy five, seventy eight years or something like that. And back in the day when it was a studio system and you had the actors sort of signed on and they would just allocate um, films and roles to them, majority of our ladies had to you know I always say Marilyn Monroe would go to the office with uh, knee pads mm-hmm. because that was how they got into films, yep. a patriarchal society. Sure. Right? So we're just now chipping away at that, and that's in the arts. That is in every vocation, mm-hmm. you know, every different type of job. There's um, in some format a way of sort of keeping the um, vulnerable down. Mm-hmm. And um, the fact that people will abuse that by, you know, using sex and mm-hmm. power is um, is unacceptable. But you know? they could. But they could. So, they can and have and do. Uh, that's why I'm so wildly... Time's Up is such an yeah. amazing thing because of the fact that it's helping. It's not actors. It's not, it's it's across the board, That's right. and it's giving a voice to the voiceless. That's and right. it's it's providing legal help, and yes. it's just it's a beautiful thing. Now, I'm going to yeah. ask you something, which I think do you feel do you feel that the change is going to be permanent? Um. Again, I go back to my parents and the time that they were living in with the sky falling, with people being assassinated. Whatever is going to happen, we are here and we will persist. It's going to be permanent because we're here and we're not going to let anything roll back. We're not going anywhere. We're louder. We're stronger. We're more motivated. Um, So, you know, I think the pendulum is going to swing. You know, we're going to overcorrect and maybe it'll dip Mm -hmm. again. But, um, you know, shame on people if they think that they can get away with this anymore. You know, tell me where they are and I'll fucking show up with a bunch of people with Time's Up t-shirts just to say we're in your face. In fact, there was a uh, I I did a pilot 
Cagney and Lacey um, a couple years ago, and there was an actor, I'm not going to say, there was an actor who who's an older actor, um, and I was in the hair and, and uh, makeup trailer, and a PA came in uh, to tell the makeup woman that the actor didn't want to come into the trailer. He wanted her to go into his trailer. And it was a beautiful moment. I was sitting there, you know, mm-hmm. she's getting ready to do her thing. She, she sat, she's looking at me and she looks at the PA and she goes, uh-uh, time's up. No <gasps> way. He comes in here. And I just love that. Beautiful. Because, and, and just by saying time's up, that's right. that PA was like, copy that. Code. Mm-hmm. It's like a code, it right? Is. Yeah. It is code. And if that's all we need is just some fucking word mm-hmm. that people go, oh, someone... Uh, I'm going to be accountable. That's right. There are people who are going to make you accountable now. There's consequence. And that's what we've not had and in, for we've, so long. And we've had enablers, let's face it. We've had enablers. We've had money enablers. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had like, you know, you know the yeah. Harvey Weinstein situation. There was a, a financial sure. uh, money allocated for him to write off. And we have social enablers that say, that go on whatever and say, no, no, no. Right. Bill Cosby did was fine. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Right. And people who don't believe it, you mm -hmm. know, they're like, you guys are money, you know, gold diggers. You're ruining someone's legacy because you're calling him out. That was the reason I I actually put up, because I I had my Cosby situation. And mind you, you know, it's so amazing because people are always like, these women need to talk up. Why don't you talk up? I did talk up. I spoke up immediately. As soon as it happened, I told my managers, my agents, we we told producers, the casting, the whole, you know, network, and everybody said- And you were a young actress. I was like 20, 21. He, on purpose, he did that. And um, yeah, and he, um, uh, um, he's, he, you know, you know, I was out of school, and again, you know, I'm the terrible waitress, and I was tra- trying to figure out how do I make money, and uh, one of the things in our art field- um, is being a stand-in, right? And I got a job as a stand-in on the Cosby Show, and I'm like, awesome! This is great. So you know, doing that, you know, for like a nice half a season, and then somewhere in the middle of that season, uh, PA started to uh, bring me to uh, Mr. Cosby's dressing room. And in your head, as a 21 year old, you know, I'm like, oh my god, he totally sees me. I'm gonna have my own show. You know, you start America's thinking, dad. Right? I'm America's dad. You know, it's gonna be fantastic. And he, you know, I would go into his dressing room for lunch um, uh, every week, almost like two or three times a week, and we would talk about my career and all stuff. And then we would start um, doing acting exercises. And one of my saving graces is that because I'm a native New Yorker and I grew up, I was a little bit of a delinquent at a certain point mm-hmm. and I did all my kinds of stuff. I no longer drank, right? I was like, I did all that and mm-hmm. I, I don't drink anymore. You drank at 12. I dr- Honey child, please. <laughs> you know what we had to do sometimes. Um, but so I didn't drink. But every time I'd come into this his uh, dressing room, he'd always say, oh, Michelle, I've got this amazing, you know, brandy from da-da-da. I've got this thing, blah, blah, blah. And I'd always say, no, I, I, I you know, I don't drink. Um, and I could tell you, he there was a he this one acting exercises that exercise that he would do with me is uh, he would sit uh, with his back like his tush on the back of a chair, his legs would be open, and then he would have me back into him. My back would be on his chest, right? Then he would and he'd lean me back. He'd take his hand. I always remember this. He'd take his hand and he'd put my head back so that my head touched his shoulders. Then he would put his hand here on um, sort of above my chest and then one on my lower abdomen. And then he would start talking about, you know, imagine a glass ball. And in that glass ball, there's a light. And as he was doing that, he'd start moving his hands in circular motions. You know, and you're a, you're a kid and you're like, oh, I'm doing an acting exercise with Al Cosby. This right. is amazing. And, you know, somewhere in there, like uh, a few times that we did it, there, I'd be like, I, you know, 
I'm pretty sure he's touching my my hoo ha. Mm-hmm. Well, those are definitely my titas. Mm-hmm. That's my hoo ha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know mm, that that's full on touching. And you know, you're trying to sort of rationalize it. What's so funny now is that uh, you know we've all taken acting classes, mm-hmm. and if you could pick any acting teacher and think of that acting teacher doing that to you, oh my God. no, right? You'd no. be like, what you do? Do you know what oh. I mean? Like you would <laughs> never let that happen. Yeah. And then one day he um, he told me that he you know he, he thought I had a great look and all this stuff, and he'd like to see what my I look like with my hair straightened. And so um, he said, so why don't you come over to my house tonight? You can take a shower because I know it'll be easier for you to straighten your hair and we can take a look at your hair. And mind you, this is an ex-delinquent, right? I was a punk. Mm -hmm. New York punk. Child, I got into street fights. Yeah. So like every little hair on the back of my head, just like. Danger. Yes, Danger Will Robinson. And, um, And I looked at him and we took this beat. I remember it so well. And I said, well, I'm coming to work tomorrow. So why don't I come to work tomorrow with my hair straightened? And we looked at each other. He had this little smile on his mouth. And he went, okay, Michelle. Okay. And at that moment, I knew like something, this was, this was wrong. Mind you, when he started doing this, he told me, you know, from the first time I started going into his dressing room, he said, um, don't tell your um, other actors on the set because actors get jealous. You know, let, don't let them know what we're doing in here. Um, if you have a boyfriend, make sure you tell your boyfriend that sometimes there's going to be times that we're going to work late and not to worry about that. I mean, he, he primed you. He primed you. And, you're, you know, you're thinking, oh, I have to keep the secret because, you know, he's going to give me an episode or he's right. going to give me a show. So you're just you, you literally drink all of his Kool-Aid. When this um, that moment happened, that next week, um, first of all, I told my agents and I was just my manager, and I was just like, "We need to exit this as soon as we can get off this this contract." And um, I went to set and I started to talk to the other stand-ins because remember the Cosby Show, we had a lot of beige girls there, right? Because yeah. we were doing stand-ins, so they all looked like little beige little mm-hmm. creatures. And I remember this one girl, and um, we we started to talk and we started to. Um, uh, sort of go back in time and everything that he was doing he was doing to each of us oh my God. like it was it was like something that he applied to everyone um, cut to um, I interacted her with her like maybe a couple of weeks after I had left and she said that she she went over to his house and she woke up her bra was undone her pants were askew she said she she sort of woke up and she felt really sick and he grabbed her by the arm Pulled her over to the bathroom. She threw up, and then he walked her over to the door and said, "Get yourself home." Oh my god! What a fucking asshole! And, oh, so this is so. So anyway, that's what what actually happened to me. I, you know, I'm I'm at here and I'm watching the view. Oh my god! And um, I remember they were bringing up the 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 whole thing because remember there was all this controversy. There was all these people, and they were like, "That's not true. It's true. It's not true." People on my own Facebook page were like, "You know, I think that those are gold diggers. This is not true." So literally, I called my sister Adrian. I was like, Adrian. I'm so furious and what should I do? I feel like I'm going to write something and, you know, I, I'm going to do this. She's like, yeah, let's do it. I was like, fuck it. Yeah, let's do it. So I, I write this whole thing on Facebook. My Facebook is private. It's just my friends. Sure. And I told my that story. What I, I said, look, this is a firsthand, firsthand, mm-hmm. you know, experience. I'm not telling someone else's story. This is my story. This is exactly what happened. I send it out. So many other people on my thread, because we have tons of friends, actor Neutrals, friends, yeah. were saying, oh my God, this happened to me. Oh my God, this happened to me. Da, da, da. One person call, uh, said, uh, <laughs> Um, you know, Michelle, this is a really important story. My my brother works for Showbiz Online. Uh, can I can I give it to them? I said no. It's not for them. There's 30 other women who have actually been raped, right. who are literally you know trying to have a case. I, I I basically you know dodged a bullet, and and this is just for my friends to be informed. Next day, 
he sent it and released it to showbiz online oh, anyway. I literally had TMZ. You're ET, outed. Yeah, yeah. At our front door, knocking, calling my friends, calling my agents, everybody. Um, we still, you know, we're trying to, you know, remain silent because I never wanted my name and his name to be associated uh, yeah. ever. And until now, because of Star Trek, <laughs> Star yeah. Trek um, if you Googled my name, my name and his name would come up. Ugh. And it was infuriating. But because of that move, I remember the next day, uh, like that was on a Friday, that next Monday or Tuesday, because I remember Mario Cantone, who's a friend of mine, was on The View. And uh, they all said, well, looks like this uh, actress Michelle Hurd from Law & Order, you know, she says that, you know, she had this experience and she's not a gold digger. She doesn't need this. So, you know, and, and Mario's like, I know her. I've worked with her. She's, stand, you know, she doesn't lie. She's stand up. I believe her. So that was the sort of impetus that made everything kind of go. But, you know, I... What amazed me was that we had 30, we had 40 now, but we had 30 women, 30 women telling the story. And you need one fucking actor who doesn't have, who has another job and doesn't look like a gold digger to make it true. Yeah. That's what's wrong. That's right. That's what's wrong. How many, how many people do we need to say something is egregious? You do realize that your, your story is, I'm not lessening mm. any rape, any, but, but the, your story is so important for people because I think that there's there's you go. What do I do in that situation? Yeah. What? Yeah. I want to hear more 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 about people like you who yeah. go. No, nope. I just I knew it was wrong. I knew something was. That's this right. man was a predator. There, Absolutely. And I don't give a shit how much you loved him on Cosby or Please the shout. Jello Man or uh, you know America's Dad. Fuck you, that. Uh, fuck that. Yeah. He was a predator, and yep. he he knew exactly what. He, oh God! I'm, I know. I'm getting upset. Can, did you <laughs> did you lose your job after that? Um, I quit. No, oh, she quit. quit. I quit. That's my favorite part. Oh yeah, but I was like, we are not doing this because I, I this was my waitressing job. You know, this was the job that I was yeah. going to make money, it's your day learn job. some camera, yeah, camera angles, learn all that kind of stuff, maybe make some connections. Not you know, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be his victim. Mm 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 mm. And my, you know, my manager, Tina Thor, was, you know, so solid. She was like, fuck that. We are out. Don't be a victim. That's, Don't be a victim. God damn, I love that. Yeah, and speak up and look out. And, you know, when people tell you to be silent, you know, don't. Don't. You, and that's where we're at as yeah. a country right now. That's where we are at a country. You are such an inspiration to me and to, I think, anyone that's listening that's an mm. actor or just in life. And mm. I'm so excited you're going to get to go around the world and talk about all these things to thousands and yeah. millions of people. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very valuable. And I, I feel like that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, mm -hmm. if we can get, it's education, mm -hmm. it's information. You know, there's that a saying, blissful ignorance. Mm -hmm. Blissful, you know. I didn't know. Everything was great. It's uh, rainbows and unicorns. Mm -hmm. But we need to educate people. We need to en empower our, our people. And we need, um, we need information and people who are, um, I was going to say brave enough, but just who who are who cannot stay silent mm -hmm. and who need to speak out to to sort of you know light the flame over everybody else so that everybody speaks out. Nobody should be a victim. Nobody should be a victim of these things. When we come back, we'll play our little game with Michelle, and we're going to talk about that hair. My hair? Her incredible hair. Oh. Let's talk about your 
outrageously sexy, My man. unruly lioness hair. That's right. Yeah, she, the, it does. The curls do, do what they want to do. They do. They do. And, and, and I'm happy about work-wise, it. Work-wise, I've read some stuff that you you had to do some pushback on, like them oh wanting to ruin your hair. Oh yeah, straighten it. Whatever. There's been a few jobs that um, I mean, it's incredibly frustrating. I I don't know any woman of color who's ever had to who's never had a you know a, a problematic experience in the hair and makeup. A trailer. You many know, lose I, their hair. From many the lose their hair. Yeah. I mean, most women of color wake up at like one or two hours prior to their actual call time to, to do their, do their own, own hair. hair. That's yeah, bullshit. To walk in. I've had situations where I walk into a trailer and someone goes, Ooh, what are we going to do with your hair? You know, I'm like, I don't know. How about your fucking job? Right. And do something. Go learn how to do hair. That's, that's, I'm going to do my job. Yeah. I and had, we are most vulnerable in uh, hair and makeup. We are. Because we are. we are at the behest of these people and because you don't want to rock the boat. That's you right. You don't want to. That's um, right. But I don't know any, as you just said, I don't know any women of color who don't freeze that's or right. go, I've got to bring my own, own products. stuff, my own I've product. got to bring my own makeup. I have to wake up. That's right. What, they don't have the base color yeah. I have. Or my favorite is, and I always joke with this, that I always have like some white woman with like blonde hair say, oh my God, my hair is the same as yours. I just, <laughs> I just straightened it. And you want to go, is it really? Because uh, you're Jamaican? Copy that. You know, and it's just, you don't need to say that. Like they just don't, no, just that's don't. that's not a bonding thing. Just don't say yeah. it. Yeah. I had uh, a couple of jobs where they, um, they like there was this one job that I did where I had done uh, one day. Uh, my character was the uh, event planner to the stars, so to speak. You know, she has her own company, and um, and truthfully, I was just the mother of the nemesis on right. the show. I was like, oh, that's why I'm here. Copy that. Gotcha. <laughs> Whatever. Another grown adult person is my child. Um, and I was I, we shot one day, and then I was in my car, um, and I got a phone call over the little speakerphone, and they said, "Hi, Michelle. Um, this is the producers of so and so, and we uh, we'd like to." have a talk with you if we can and you know you're thinking Jesus I fucked I up, fucked one, up day. one day you know, I, like I sucked so bad yeah. that they're taking the seven episodes away either so, that or oh I'm getting a spinoff right, or I'm getting a spinoff I like that yeah, that's, the, that's, that's where we need to go next no. time it's not where it used to go um, and so I, I pull over because I'm like Jesus okay here's this conversation and this is literally what was said to me literally what was said there like Michelle we love you and we just love your hair it's fantastic but <laughs> we did some research and we found out that um if you're a woman of color and you own your own business you'll only be taken seriously if your hair is straightened shut the fuck up shut the fuck up <laughs> and i literally i couldn't even i couldn't even compute that do you know i, I i'm usually so good at like a comeback or something but i just I, what year was this uh this was what are we to, we're right 2020 right 20, now yeah. this was Probably four years ago, three, four years ago. Wow! Mm-hmm. I just wanted to put that into context. Yeah, yeah, not that long. Shit is still not happening. long at all, and you know it. I love we did research. We like, did research. Like a, we did research. Like a research panel. Like, in, did you turn to one black woman PAs, or something? Like, I mean, right? I mean, on. and did you do research? I mean, you know, really? I mean, and what this had that moment did, and you know, I want to remind our our actors about this, is that it, it made me sort of. You know, I understood that I needed to take the power, and I had to. I had to do that at the onset of my agreement with jobs. Now, so when I get into a job, I have to have um, hair cons- consult. I need to be able to talking about my hair because I don't need to show up on set and have someone say that to me. I think all women of color need to start doing that and saying I do too because that will then force people to hire. People of color who can and know how to deal with the hair. Exactly. But tell you, tell you a really fun Brazil story where you were so excited. Oh my God. We're in Brazil. Brazil was fantastic. We went to the Comic Con and, you know, they send you a little glam 
group, your glam you know, your team. glam team to your room, you your hair and makeup. And I, op- you know, and you never know who you're going to get. And I opened the door and I swear to God, I saw two of my sisters there <laughs> curling her crazy. I literally was like, I don't care. I'm in your hands. Do whatever you want. I mean, it was phenomenal. Yeah. And, and that's amazing to think of like how, how much at ease I was that's in that right. moment. As opposed to people who have to like go to work every single day, wake up two hours prior to mm-hmm. to do their own hair or walk into a, or if you're a guest or recurring. Oh. The guest and recurring was very challenging because I, you know, you don't want to rush, no, rush, right. right? You don't want to be that person. You don't want to be like, you got there the first day, you caused right. a problem in the hair and makeup right. room, and then you're fired. So you try to roll with it and watching people just, you know, don't know. Because what do I, I mean, you could track some stuff. There's a lot of pineapple. I always call my hair the pineapple when it's in a tight bun uh-huh. because that's basically what happens. You'd get into these places where you're doing a guest or recur and hair person comes up and goes, oh my God, your hair is fantastic. All right, let's pull it all together tight in a bun. That'll be good. You're like, ooh, that's creative. It's called a pineapple. Right, it's called yeah. a pineapple because they don't know what to do. What's happening now? It's a game. You are reaching at for a top hat there. Yes. You're about to reach into a top hat. Is there a we are like about a bunny? To sing? I no, oh, a little rabbit? Is like a, a bunny, a rabbit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. no, but we're going to sing. So it's not no, a rabbit, we're but not. we're going to no, sing. We're not. We're well, you can sing. sing. You can sing. No. We're, no uh, we're, no doing the, we're doing the last number of, in a chorus line, but yeah. we have to all Fantastic. share that. This is a game. Please yeah. stop. <laughs> She's very mean. She's <laughs> I'm really not. <laughs> um, this little game called Little Did You Know. Little Did You Know. And what you're going to do is you're just going to pick a question. Okay. There's questions in the hat. <laughs> And you're going to answer the question. Oh, oh, my goodness. Are you nervous? It's, no, not so much. I'm excited. No. no you should be nervous. Totally, oh, I should be nervous. Oh, she wrote them in the middle of the night. Oh, very exciting. All right. When was, the, when was the last time you changed your opinion, belief about something major? When was the last time? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, truthfully... Um, you don't ever change your I mind. just I'm always right. So <laughs> there's that. No, um, I'm a, a firm believer of um, I believe and I've you know, I spoke about my father, um, especially on his on his deathbed. I, I believe that life, the journey of life is learning and discovering and growing. So I think that the the most glorious thing you can do is to learn something new is to perhaps be open enough to have someone change your mind. Mm. Um, I think you can't, you know, I, I always joke that like, you know, when people don't apologize or, you know, admit that they're wrong, it's like basically saying, I'm perfect. Mm-hmm. Right now, here, this is it. I'm done. I am perfect. That's bullshit. And how boring would that be if right now in this time place in your life, you feel that you're perfect and you don't need to change. You miss out on so much glory in life. The whole point of life's journey is to grow and learn and mature and expand your horizon. And if you're not doing that, you're not doing it right. If you're not doing that, you're not living. Yeah. You're not living. Yeah. So um, I can't specifically remember the wanna, last one, but yeah, maybe give me Do you want to ask another? Let's ask Well, another I'm curious about something yes. related to that. Yeah. When was the last time you you changed someone else's mind mm. on something important? Because you, you're... you're you're talking about a lot of big things today. Yeah. And I feel like these conversations must come up with you a lot. Absolutely. I think every time I talk about um, women of color and their um, in their plight, mm-hmm. I, I hope to change people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I talk about um, women, young people on sets and giving them power and empowering them and, and educate them and mm-hmm. let them know what they can do and what their rights are, I hope that I'm changing their opinions and their, their trajectories. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I talk about activism right uh, work and... Um, fighting for things that you believe in. I hope that I'm changing people's opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, that's the whole thing. I mean, that's the journey. That is it. You know, like let's, you know, reach out and, and help our, help each other and move this, you know, move the, the, the line farther mm -hmm. so that we're all in the, each other rooms. I mean, I keep saying like, even in, you know, our show, I'm in a, I'm in a show now that's, you know, I can say it's my show, um, you know, an ensemble piece and I can request, I can hope to change some things. So we're trying to ask for people of color mm -hmm. to be included in, you know, perhaps the hair and makeup room, yeah. you know, behind the cameras in front of the, you know, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I hope that that kind of actions and those kind of words um, have an impact and change people's opinion. Cause the truth of the matter is, I think, you know, with like the concept of inclusion writers, I don't think everybody I think there are some people who do know this, but some people don't realize that there's not an every person in every room. Right. Right? You know, some people may think, no, we're all fine. We can figure out everything. We've got just this group behind us knows everything. No. Do you have an LGBTQ person in there? Do you have a disabled person in there? Do you have a person of a color, not just black? Right. Like there's a spectrum of colors mm -hmm. there. And if you had one black person, it doesn't mean that that person speaks for this person who's a mulatto. Right. Do you know? So I, I think once we bring those discussions up and say them and just be bold and brave enough to say them, because you can always, you know, some Somebody could say no, but they can also say yes. It's a ripple in a pond. You threw the stone in. 100%. Yeah. yeah it changes also things. for years, I think it, oh, we do it. We have a, a black writer. That's right. Or, no. That's right. No more. No we, more. We have to stop that. That's right. Because the conversation becomes broader. If you have one of us, uh, one of everything in every room, the perspectives broaden, the conversation broadens, and we can, you know, we now will have a and way to speak no for everybody's voice. That's right. And it actually, That's you know, right. the bottom line is it makes it work better. It does. You know? It makes it more interesting, mm -hmm. more inclusive, more exciting. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I say this all the time that, um, you know, people go to see Romeo and Juliet, right, still to this day. You don't go to see a new production of Romeo and Juliet because you're like, oh, my God, I totally heard that Juliet doesn't die in this one. <laughs> it's fantastic. You know, you, you actually don't do that. You go to see Romeo and Juliet because you want to see that actor's um, interpretation yes. of that role. So if that actor is LGBTQ, is disabled, is a di person of different color, a, a non-binary their portrayal of those characters is going to be wildly different than anything you've ever seen. And that's what art is about. That's what's beautiful. You're beautiful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so are you. I know. <laughs> Does anybody want to say anything about Tara's me? Tara's okay. You're gorgeous. Love you. Come on now. Get over here. <laughs> um, I can't thank you enough for being mm. here and for speaking so beautifully and thank honestly. You. And I just, okay. <laughs> I know. You love her. I do thank love you. her. Thank you, guys. It's been an honor to be here. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing all that great stuff with us. Thank you. Thank you. See you in space, baby. See you in space. I'm not going to be in space. <laughs> yes, so. you are. Someday. You know. Don't be a victim. To though. the moon, Alice. <laughs> Don't be a victim. <laughs> Don't be a victim. <laughs> um, all right. We love you, Michelle Hurd. Thank, thank you. you, guys. Thanks so much. Okay. We're back. Okay. I told you she's incredible. She truly is incredible. And I got to tell you, I... I wasn't planning on crying today. I know. Uh, but those stories and and the stories about her father were just mind-blowing. Beautiful. And, you know, you just, you live your life thinking you're doing enough. And then you, you hear that story about her dad and the things that she's doing for our community of actors. And you just think, oh, my God, I should join the board or something, though I, I don't want to. But you know what I mean? You think, like, if she has that passion to, to serve, why don't I have it in that level, you know? Well, I also think it's, I think it's very important that we give back to our communities mm -hmm. in whatever way. 
and that I think it needs to be you've got people like Michelle who are constantly giving and stuff like that but I do think it's important just for us to take maybe one thing and that's we're doing the podcast that's what's our give back <laughs> yeah it doesn't yeah, quite no, feel I, as hardcore I, no but. I know but I do I think each person should pick a charity or pick a you cause know, a cause or going into the election mm-hmm. you know um what are folks going to do for this election if they're upset about the way we we're rolling out life here how are you going to get involved people listening to change things and, and i don't care if it's as simple as registering to vote register to vote i mean there are get somebody else to register to vote mm-hmm. Reg- what did i just stuttered that's okay well, we're very lucky. People are saying yes to our show, and they're coming in here, and they're sharing very personal things. I feel very privileged Yeah, I and I fall a little bit in love with all of our guests I know. by the end. You know, I'm just sitting here just, um, uh, yeah. You know what it is, too? It's a testament to the power of actually talking to someone for mm-hmm. an hour, sitting in front of them and having a conversation, which I think we don't do often enough in our society. Yeah. No, we have we have lost the ability to communicate mm-hmm. honestly and 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 it is sitting across from somebody. Yeah. It's there was a beautiful New York Times article about that about 5 years ago called the the loss of communication or something like that and it's saying that we are truly lonely now. Yes. Because of social media and because of stuff like that. So what a gift that we get to actually sit across from people and have old school conversations with you know? exceptional people too. Exceptional. Well, uh, if you're loving what you're listening to, please rate, review, and subscribe to our show. Yes. And we're working. We're actually working really hard, aren't we, Tara? This is a lot of work. You know, editing these these episodes is a joy because you get to rehear them. But it's a lot of work, and um, really curating our, our list of guests and making sure we have people that are bringing something new to the table. It's really fun. And next week we have a a very exciting new guest that we are going to not tell you about until next week. Because why, Johnny? Because we are keeping this relationship fresh. Oh, yeah. Little mysteries. Spicy. Little leather. <laughs> little bondage. Little leather and lace. Okay. All right, sweetie. See you next week. I miss you already. Bye. Bye. Bye.